Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and that's where Calvary Live is produced right here at Calvary Church from the studios of Grace FM. I want to welcome everyone here in Colorado that's listening on Grace FM. You're listening live, either up here in the metro area, 89.7 in the Denver area, all the way up into Cheyenne, Wyoming, south uh, south of Castle Rock, uh, now into uh, Colorado Springs on 101.7, down to the Pueblo West border, and everywhere east and west up to the foothills. It uh, doesn't reach past the foothills, but we're grateful here on the Front Range uh, to welcome you. Also, you guys listening on the Radio by Grace Network, uh, you're listening from all around the country, from Mississippi to Nevada, <clears throat> Iowa, and South Carolina, of course, originating from Amarillo, Texas. You're also living, listening live. I want to welcome everyone listening to Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, Living Water Radio, and The Way Radio, our newest station. Uh, you're listening to this as a one-week delay, and we're grateful uh, that you would join us. All that means is you can call me, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and you'll get on the air. It'll be like talking to me on the phone, and then everyone that's listening live will hear you. Then you can listen next week on your own radio, the station you're listening to right now, uh, and hear yourself on the radio, which is uh, pretty cool. 303-690-3000 is the number, taking your calls, taking your questions. Again, we were in the Bible yesterday, even though it snowed uh, yesterday, and so that always affects attendance. It actually didn't affect it all that much, um, but it does. Uh, it did snow a little bit, and that kind of keeps people in. And uh, we had a great Bible study, though. Um, I, I almost want to develop the end uh, to it because... Uh, the there was this section uh, in we're we're studying the life of Joseph, uh, and there's this section in at the end where they end up in Egypt. Uh, they're going to end up in Goshen. Uh, Jacob has lived this all this time, twenty years or so, thinking his son was dead, and the emotion that was tied to them being reunited was unbelievable. And what hit me uh, in that study was, uh, let me let me see here. Let's click this and make sure I get it. I want to get my notes here um, because I want to get the right scriptures. And we're just waiting for you to give us a call, 303-690-3000. What really stood out to me was in chapter 42. And by the way, I felt this burden this week, so I'll spend a little bit of time talking about it as well, but I felt this burden 
uh, this week to emphasize the expositional verse-by-verse teaching. Uh, it It's so vital. It It's important that you get the whole counsel of God, the way that God wrote it in the context that God gave it, not just a series of topical messages or the new popular thing. It's been more popular than ever, actually, is to take television shows, current TV shows and movies, and somehow teach some moral lesson from it, finding an obscure passage of the Bible to substantiate some television show. That's a real popular. Uh, and while I applaud the efforts to be relevant, I am not a big fan of the um, lack of expositional teaching. It doesn't change lives when you watch video movie clips in your church. It might grab attention, but it caters to the base levels of a person. Uh, and yeah, it's moral and sure there's some Bible story related to it, uh, but you need to have the Bible taught to you verse by verse. That's why you're listening to this radio station. Uh, if you don't already attend a church that teaches the Bible, that's what this station does for you. That's why you That's why you like it um, or not. I mean, sometimes you're listening to Bible, so I don't like that. But the reason you don't like it is not because the Bible was taught. Uh, it's because of various other reasons. Um, but here, here's the thing. So at the end of Genesis, of chapter 46, I took our church back. And it's just a real quick point, but I took our church back to chapter 42 in verse 36, which we studied you know, a couple months ago. Jacob is bereaved, and he says this. Jacob, their father, said to them, this is Genesis 42, 36. By the way, give me a call or text me, 303-690-3000. That's how you get on the air, 303-690-3000. Or uh, you can can text me, 720-336-0897. It is uh, just a glorious... um, opportunity to be on the show today. So let me go back and come back to my notes here. This is this Bible study, it's such a great high note. I was so encouraged by it. That's why I shared it. Genesis 42, 36, Jacob, their father said to them, you've bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin. And then he says this at the end, all these things are against me. And that's just where he's at. Nobody would fault the brother for that. I mean, I guess the critics might, or like Job's friends might, but that that would be just dumb. You don't don't do that to hurting people. Um, You look at his life, you look at, is he assessing his life? You look at the grief he's carried of his son, Joseph, and now Simeon's in Egypt, and now they're going to take Benjamin. He's just had it. And I'm sure some of you listening have had that as well, where you just had it. You've just had it. It's it, what else can you do? And you come to that conclusion, right? Like Jacob does. All these things are against me. And when I first taught that text, I I'm, I'm pretty sure I asked the church to write next to that verse this word, false, because that's what it is. It's it's false. All these things are not against him. He may not see it. I mean, not even may not. He doesn't see it. 
he doesn't know. And all these things are not against him. Fast forward now, and I didn't look up how long it was, but fast forward to chapter 46 now, where he's reunited with his brother, his son, his family saved from the famine, and he is experiencing the abundant blessings of God unlike any other time in his life. Unlike any other time in his life. And it shows that all these things were not against him, that God was behind the scenes working all things together for the good. And I developed that a little bit in our Bible study last night. You can listen to those studies or watch them. We archive them on our website, calvaryco.church, or on our app, the best way to get a hold of us, on our app, best way to stick in touch with us. We also stay in touch with you, is just go to your app store, put my name in there, Ed Taylor, download the app, turn on notifications, and we'll stay in touch with you. So the phone lines are full now. Thanks. Well, we have one open line, but let's head over to Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee. Jordan, welcome to the program. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Jordan. What's going on? I'm just sitting in traffic right now. I was listening to you uh, kind of talking about this, and one thing that's been really uh, burdening my heart, just a weight on my heart lately, is I just see so much turmoil in families of, with their children yeah. falling away, um, whether it's through homosexuality or just the culture of music and all the toxicity in the airwaves these days. And, you know, I'm one of those dads that I, you know, I don't let my kids have phones until a certain age and sure. have, like, the trust and stuff like this, but I get a lot of turbulence and just conflict, um, you know, with family or church or whatnot. And I was just, you know, without getting into my pity party or anything, um, uh-huh. what are some ways, because I, I hear a lot of people say, you know, you just got to let kids learn on their own. You got to let them go. And I agree with that to a certain extent, but I, I do believe that we are called to you know, raise them in the Word and in God's right. ways, and the more that culture that we let in, the more that it gives them kind of a misinterpretation of things or sure. confusion even. And I just wanted to hear what you had to say, uh, maybe on some things, because I know you, you know, lost your son, I think, and... I did. Mm-hmm. Are there, there things that you think about or that you've learned older in life, or later in life, that have given you more clarity on ways that, not to combat the culture, but edify sure. our children in the Word or by our actions and deeds while we have them? There are. There are. That's a great question. I've raised all my kids into adulthood uh, so that my youngest is 26 and my oldest would have been, uh, what year is this, 23, 20, uh, 37 this year. Uh, so we have raised our kids uh, into adulthood and there are quite a few things I think we did very, very well. Uh, and quite a few things I think I could improve upon and I would help parents today. Um, first of all, you you already have, I think, um, connected the dots in the reality of your responsibility in a very hostile culture. So acknowledging that the culture is hostile, that the culture has its own way of doing things, its own values, its own set of uh, precepts that the world lives by, and acknowledging that, uh, will inform your prayer life 
for your kids and you're there. So that's really good because I think sometimes uh, that counsel of, well, you just got to let your kids uh, grow up and figure it out for themselves doesn't take into account the odds are stacked against them and they're just going to be wiped out by this world. They need help. That's why God gave kids parents. Uh, They need help. They need help to navigate the very challenge. I mean, think about it, how hard it is for you and me Um, and, and all the experience that we have, all the mistakes that we've made. Uh, Imagine the the things happening on a, on a smaller scale um, without that kind of maturity in our own kids' lives. So the enemy's always going after the kids. So number one, you're there. You know, number two, there's just some practical things and no real order is one of the principles that I developed over the course of my parenting was this idea of inoculating uh, my kids by feeding them or allowing them to engage with the culture in some way uh, without overreacting. Um, Because I think that's one of the big mistakes that we as Christian parents make is that we overreact as kids are navigating through the world, we, we, we automatically, and I'll speak for myself, you know, I got saved later in life. So my testimony is really bad. Um, I was involved in a lot of horrific sin and I entered into parenting uh, as a believer, very fearful that my kids would experience the same horrific sin and consequences that I did. And fear-based parenting is horrific. It's not from the Lord. Uh, because then you start making decisions that are controlling and manipulative and overreacting instead of stepping into your kids' lives and help, like you said. So, you're, you know, there's a lot that you're already doing, but you had mentioned how you're helping define things and giving them understanding of what they're seeing and what they're going through and what that means, um, giving them a, a real objective, first of all, an objective explanation of what they're experiencing. And then, of course, a subjective, you're giving them the truth from God's word. You're subjecting them to the truth of God's word at their level. So not overreacting, entering in with grace. There's a great resource, by the way, if you're, I know you're stuck in trap, but maybe this will stay in your head. Grace-based parenting is a great resource. Grace-based parenting. It's never too late to pick this up because the skills will help you at every stage of, of parenting um, and really your your commitment to to hold back certain things from our kids until a certain age uh, is a wise one. However, we don't want to also stick our head in the sand and think that their friends at school don't have phones and are showing them stuff, uh, that they um, are getting this kind of input other places. So we we can't think that just by merely limiting, which I believe is a wise decision, is preventing our kids uh, from seeing or experiencing things. We got to stay, which to me, the biggest piece, the biggest piece of of advice I would give to a parent is to re- stay relationally connected to your kids. And I would say it a few different ways. One, your career, money in the bank, your hobby is not a good exchange for time with your kids and life with your kids. It's you will regret it. You know, you might have a few hundred thousand bucks in the bank or whatever, but losing your kids, you'll regret it. It, it won't be worth it. I promise you, it will not be worth it. And this idea in the world, you know, because they want to justify certain behaviors they go well you know i have quality time with our kids 
The problem is, is you don't know when that quality time will take place. So the only really way to get good quality time with your kids is to have quantity time because you don't know. Uh, you don't know when you're going to get it. And of course, the fact that we have to work, we have to go to work. That's I'm not saying that somehow we don't do that, but we have to really remember that our in, in the home, if you're married, your wife gets priority, then the kids. You know, if you unfortunately are a single parent, then your kids get priority. Um, even as you begin, uh, maybe not you in particular, but as you begin, as a person begins to date again or whatever, kids can't be left behind. Um, they need your attention. They need your help. And relationally, and then the final thing, and you could follow up with this, that I would suggest um, and besides the obvious, read your Bible with your kids, pray with your kids, uh, pick up relevant books at their age level and talk about them, do devotions with your kids. Um, like have a, the Bible says in Deuteronomy that we're to, let me, let me go back. And I did a series. I think we probably will develop it into a book here pretty soon, but I did yeah, a right series on the family. What's Wake that? Speak of God's word in the morning, write it on the doorpost, Jeros. I know it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it for everyone listening. It says, "Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe uh, that you may be it may be well with you, and you might multiply uh, greatly, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised to you, a land flowing with milk and honey." Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words, which I command you today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Now, don't picture this as like you got a pulpit and you're going to teach a Bible study to your kids every day. This, you, this is a reference that the word of God and the life of God and the relationship with God, even more so in the new covenant, is the very atmosphere of your house. Because kids, you know, the worst thing, so one more thing and I'll let you follow up. The worst thing you can do is be a hypocrite. Yeah. And that's For where sure. I'll stop. Um, I think I'm, I'm been extremely blessed. I've, you know, I've self-employed, my wife's self-employed. We've kind of created an atmosphere with that. where We're able to have that free will to serve him and seek him in things. And, but I noticed that with those opportunities, there's a lot more voices um, because it's different. You know, it's, you know, different than how most families function. So it's hard to understand, but I have two, um, stepdaughters that are older, and they've, uh, you know, they decide to live with their father, which is a ways away. I know it, it burdens my wife, and it's something that it's hard because you want to be consistent and you want to create those boundaries, but you also, you know, the, when you don't have those relations with them, um, as a as a father, you know, as the real father, it makes it really hard. Um, it does make so it I, hard. I, I was. I, I, let me just speak to a, that real quickly. Let me speak to it real quickly because this is an important thing. On the one hand, it's very unfortunate that a divorce has taken place and the consequences of that divorce has made things more complicated for you. And I know many people listening in are experiencing the same thing. But to flip that around and say, look, you guys listening to me right now that are contemplating divorce or you don't think your marriage is going to make it or you're hard-hearted or unforgiving, don't go that way. Work hard. Try to rescue it because it complicates everything. It's hard enough, but the consequences of divorce adds layers of complexity and difficulty that my brother is living with right now 
and that his heart is yearning even to minister to his own kids and also his stepkids. And it makes me think, you know, I think sometimes people say I look into the Word a little bit too much spiritually, so it would be good to get feedback on this. But I think of, you know, great men in the Bible like Solomon and David, um, and then you think of Absalom and, and Rehoboam and those things that transpired with their sons. And, you know, do you think that there's any any message for those situations for us as parents um, and just the way that we walk? I, I do. I believe the, the warnings in the Bible really reveal to us real-time uh, bona fide difficulties that come from sinful decisions, because it's going to be hard. Here's the thing that you're learning, um, you know, and this is another principle that I would share with parents, is that the the culture today kind of also um, magnifies, you know, just be friends with your kids, be friends with your kids, but you need to parent them before you befriend them. There's only, they, they can have a lot of friends, and believe me, if you have a great relationship with them, one day you will be their friends, but you're the only parent they have. You have to parent them, um, which means it's going to be hard, which means it's going to be difficult, which means they're, they have a free will themselves. And, and here's the thing. This is the risk that we all take having kids, every one of us, is that we could even have, we could have the perfect, you know, we could have the perfect um, parenting and never make a mistake, which is silly, but let's just say it happened. But the kids can still make their own choice. Like, that, that, that's where we, we have to acknowledge. And I talk to parents a lot in our church where they're dealing with these things. And I'm, I'm telling them like your, your child is an adult or they're older. They're making their own free will decisions that you are not responsible for. And you, we've got to remember that. So, yeah, I think there's a lot to be learned from the failures in the scriptures. Yes. Is that my, you know, and just, just keep being your prayers by my oldest, my stepdaughter. Like we were, like I was really close with her, and mm-hmm. and it's just hard to know, you know, what what to do. That what I can do, and she's not with with me anymore. I I raised her, and you know, I think it's as hard. a father losing losing a son, that re- resonated with me yesterday. I think you said something about that, and oh yeah, I feel like I did, you know, and I don't think anybody understands. That aspect of it. As a, it's hard, you know. I, I I'm glad that you called and shared this because this is common. We we even started a ministry here, a prayer time, uh, specifically to pray for prodigals and to pray for the parents of prodigals and the grandparents because there's we're in an and we were just talking about this yesterday in our staff meeting and our pastors meeting about the uh, new um, uh, wave of what they call deconstructionism. You know, which basically uh, has m- most likely has a child on the pathway of not liking the way they were raised or the the mistakes that we made uh, as believing parents or churches, and then taking that to the conclusion that Christianity is false uh, and walking away from the Lord. Which, you know, again, we we, we I again here here's where I fall. Um, I live fully in the world completely, 100%, and God saved me. So nothing, God is limited by nothing and no one. Yeah, that's true. And I trust, trust him with my kids. Hard. It is it's hard. Trusting. Father, let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for my, my brother in Tennessee. It's hard. Uh, this is, 
And, and, and I can hear, you know, if I had the chance with my ears, you know, to, through the radio, I can hear the groans and the pains and maybe even the sniffles and tears of parents and grandparents that um, are hurting just listening to Scott and listening to the potential of kids backsliding and deconstructing and getting involved in stuff that they um, was going to hurt them. So I just pray for Jordan, Lord. I pray you'd encourage him, strengthen him, and all those listening in that we might trust you with our kids, but also be very engaged in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, brother. All right. I did a series on uh, this, guys. I did it uh, called Family Matters. Uh, if you go to our website and you put in the word matters just in the search bar, it's going to pull them all up. I did studies on husbands, wives, uh, singles, single parenting, uh, we uh, parents, kids. Uh, it's not exhaustive, uh, but it was very fruitful for our church. Um, the book that I recommend is Grace-Based Parenting by Dr. Kimmel, K-I-M-M-E-L. Uh, I, I see a text that came in. Uh, iPhone parental controls are great uh, for when a kid gets a phone, and and that's true. Um, but we can't depend on those controls because kids know how to get around them, uh, and there still needs to be an advocacy. I, I don't misunderstand me. Putting things on is a great idea. It's better to have it than not to have it. But kids are savvy. Uh, they're very savvy. They know how to work around these things, uh, and we just have to have our guard up, our prayer up, and the Lord will give us wisdom. He will help. Um, we can trust him with that. He will help us. He will help. 303-690-3000. Let's head over to Pennsylvania now. Raj, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. This is Raj. Um, Hi, Raj. I am Raj, yes. Mm-hmm. And so... My whole life is, seems to be upside down. I'm sorry. And uh, I'm so distraught. I'm so messed up. It's beyond understanding. My wife has cancer, mm. and I really need prayers for her. But that is, it's a heavy on my shoulders. And it's, and she's brought it saying that I, gave her stress, so it caused that for her. And it's just very hard for me to carry that. Mm. And not to mention, she mentions that I have committed adultery, but I have not been with the woman. I have not looked at the woman, but she says, in my mind, I have done that. And I've wrestled with this so much in my brain, trying to figure out what, what in the world is coming this from. And the only thing I can come up with is one time I came home and told somebody I got fired from her from this job and my my boss, a woman, there are five women or more you know, there are a lot of females there and I'm saying she is not fair that she fired this person and he uh instead of saying this woman, I said, My woman or my lady, I said, My lady and she said, You said my lady, how can you say my lady? She's not your wife. She's not anything else. So you commit adultery, and I don't know how this thing evolved, and now she's separated. And I, I just need, we made it for 34 years, and we are not in trouble. I'm sorry, brother. 
you know, we're coming up on the end of the of the first half here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for you on the other end of the show. I want to pray. I want people to join me for prayer. But I'm sorry uh, that this is all coming up right now. And, and I pray that God would give you the strength and the tenacity and the endurance and the um, hupomone that you need. That's a Greek word that means to stand strong. Uh, so we're going to, I'm sure you're going to hear the music here shortly. And we're going to come into our own first and only break of the show. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to pray for Raj. And then it, lines are open, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live coming to you from Aurora, Colorado. Snow and all. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Right before the break, uh, we were talking with Raj and just so many things going on. So would you join me? Uh, just praying with the brother or praying for the brother. Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to encourage this brother and uh, just so hard, challenging God. He uh, he has so much uh, that is on his heart and his mind, and so we lift him up to you. Come right into the throne room of grace to find help in our time of need, but also in our brother's time of need. We intercede on his behalf. Encourage him bring um, you know healing or strength into his wife's body just all these things happening all at once so hard bless him lord in jesus name amen all right 303-690-3000 is the number 303-690-3000 taking your calls and your questions we're going to come back to colorado now jason is here in Aurora. Hey, Jason, welcome to the program. Uh, hi, Pastor Ed, how are you? I'm doing well. What's going on? Uh, uh, first off, I want to say that I've been listening to uh, your program off and on for the last couple months, uh, driving home from work. Okay. And come, and come to find out that your church is like, you know, eight blocks away from my house. Oh, so, wow, that's super I'm close. Yeah, I'm off of Sterling Hills Parkway down the street, like okay. between, yeah, off of Tower and Islas. So, uh, um, yeah, you know, I went and visited your church a, a few weeks ago, and uh, it was awesome. Oh, um, that's great. But I have a, I have a couple questions for you. Okay. Uh, for, first is, it has to deal with um, the books that weren't added to the Bible or that were taken out of the Bible, like the Book of Enoch. Okay. Um how do you feel about uh, Christians reading those books and um, and uh, taking in that information? It really depends on their maturity level. Uh, I would only suggest you read apocryphal books or the pseudepigraphal books if you're a more mature believer, because you have to make the distinction uh, that they are fictional that they may have some accurate things that reflect the scriptures, 
but that's the only reason they're accurate uh, because they do reflect the scriptures. I don't, I don't advocate it. There's really no value in them uh, other than maybe some historical stuff, but then you got to do all kinds of extra studying just to discern that. I would encourage if anyone had all that extra time that they invested in the scriptures um, because you can trust the scriptures, whereas the book of Enoch uh, is definitely not inspired. It is not uh, canonical, even though uh, you know some, like the Coptic church in Ethiopia, accept it. Um, the fact that they accept it doesn't really merit much in relationship to its universal acceptance. It has not been universally accepted uh, and I would stay away from it. But is it a sin to read it? No. Will it be confusing? Yes. So I generally uh, advise people not to re- read confusing things. Okay, thank you, Pastor, for uh, clarifying on that. And um, another thing is, um, you know, I've been, you know, you know um, I always pay, I always pay close attention to Israel because I believe, you know, Israel is the Bible's time clock. And, uh, you know, with this Israeli war going on, um, you know, I just, I feel, I just, I don't, I feel a real spiritual battle going on. Um, you know, it's like, I feel like I'm being torn, torn between the world and God. And it's like, I, I just, I just, I guess I just need prayer um, because uh, I just know that the time is getting close. Uh, and, you know, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, I try to stay grounded in the Word, but, uh, you know, every time I turn on the TV or just uh, even being out in the world, it just, I, I, I never felt this low in my life, um, mm. you know, in my heart. It's like, you know, it, 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 the Bible says, you know, you know, in the, in the end, you know, people's hearts will grow cold. And I could, I could actually feel that in my heart. And I just, I would just like prayer for me and my family to, um, to stay grounded in the word, uh, to love God, um, and, and to just, to just keep trudging along to the happy, happy destiny. Um, I just, I just, uh, I feel real heartbroken. I feel real heartbroken that, um, people are being steered away and given, um, the wrong doctrine given um wrong information um christians christians today have a bad name on them um and i just i, I just uh I, I just feel really torn right now okay well let me just, pray for you and they're, they're, you're right the the condition of the world today you know i i'm reminded of what the bible says um i think it was paul to timothy he said uh, in Second Timothy chapter three and verse one, he said, "But know this: that in the last days perilous times will come, uh, and that word can be translated violent, uh, you know, really wild, difficult times." Uh, and you're describing it. Um, it's a word that's used to describe demoniacs. It's a word that's used uh, in the New Testament to describe something that's wild violent, fierce, grievous, hard to bear, and you're describing it all. And and that is validation uh, that the coming of the Lord is closer than it ever has been before. 
uh, and, and it has in its effect. So when we're reading the Bible and God is telling us about something, we forget that not only is it factual, but it's also reality, and you're living out that reality. So God, I pray for Jason. Plug him into the church, Lord. Let him grow so he'll be together with other believers that might strengthen him and establish him in the faith, that he might stand strong, like your word says, to fight the good fight of faith, putting on his spiritual armor, starting with this helmet of salvation, so that you might uplift him, Lord, and help him in the wrestling uh, that he is experiencing, and that you would comfort his heart, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate it. Okay. God bless you. We're going to come, uh, we're going to head over across the country to Georgia, Douglas, Georgia. Danica, did I say that right? Danica? Danica. Danica, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing tonight? Um, I have a quick question. Okay. There's something been bothering my heart. Um, My husband is a pastor as well. Uh, My grandson, he's battling with homosexual, and my husband don't agree with that spirit. He can't come around and all that stuff unless you want to talk about the Lord. And I don't, I don't try to, I don't try to put my grandson in no depressed stage. But before he turned over that way, he used to call me when he was like 18 and just cry out to me that he don't know why he's leaning towards a man. And he know he belongs with a woman. And the first question I asked him, have you been touched? And he said, no, ma'am. But I don't know why I'm leaning this way, Grandma, and I don't want to be this way. And he just, uh, we pray, pray all the time. And okay. and now he's dressed like a girl. He wear makeup. And then mm. his mom, which is my daughter, you know, she buying purses, get his nails and stuff done. Um, He wear makeup and stuff. But like I told my daughter, he's... He's going to be 22 in July. And okay. I told my daughter the other day when we was talking, she, they live in New Jersey. Yeah. And so I was telling her that um, it's just temporarily, I believe God's going to bring him out. And she got offended. She was like, y'all Christian, y'all Christian, y'all something serious, you know. But, you know, I didn't argue with her on that. But I believe mm-hmm. in my heart that my grandson will turn around and will be what he want to be with a woman with a wife, with kids, but he don't understand why he turned that way, and he prayed to not be that way. And he fought, I believe, he fought hard because how he cried out to me, and we pray, and and, um, he don't really want to be like that. Well, there's a couple things to consider here. First of all, there are the desires that he's describing, uh, and I would believe him uh, when he says it. I would accept it. I would believe it. I would fan that flame of what he's communicating about his desires, that he doesn't want to go this direction, he, don't, he doesn't want to behave this way. So that's one part. The other part is his choices. So that's the difficulty that you're dealing with, that your husband's dealing with, and that many parents are dealing with. While the kids or the grandkids are saying one thing, they're acting another. And the actions betray what they say which is true for anyone. You know, if I say something and I act the opposite, then my actions betray my words. James would put it this way. Um, He would talk about faith without works is dead, and faith is going to lead to a certain fruitful work. 
So that if a person says, I don't really like this, I don't know why I'm this, I pray for it, and then goes out and behaves that way, dresses that way, uh, moves that way, gets the approval, then I would tend to I would tend to take a, an approach to tar- start to talk to them about, but your behavior, like I hear what you say and I want to believe what you say, but your behavior undermines your words. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as he's speaking, he could be very well describing this Romans chapter 7 battle between the spirit and the flesh. Um, however, I would also ask him and look for, as, my, as a grandparent, um, especially if I have a voice in his life, I would ask him to consider the reality of this distinction between his behavior and his beliefs and begin to address that behavior. It's like, it would be, and I know this is a silly illustration, but it would be like, um, Grandma, I love you, I love you, and then he kicks you in the shin and and like really injures you. And you're like, what did you do that for? Uh, I love you, I love you, and kicks you in the other shin. Um, you know, eventually you're going to have to say, stop kicking me. You're like, that's not love. And eventually with your grandson, you're going to have to come and it's already, I mean, it's already there. You're going to look for that perfect open door from the Holy Spirit to tell him, hey, look, I know what you're saying, but your lifestyle and your choices are not communicating um, what you say. And it's important that... um, that you um, change your behavior. Because if you change your behavior, you change your mind, the Lord will change your heart. So Father, I pray uh, for Danica uh, and her grandson. I really do hope he's struggling. I really do hope that he's battling, that he might be able to get the kind of strength and support he needs to live a life of holy sexuality, that his body and his um the way he uses his body would be used, uh, would be in a way that honors you and that he would uphold the standards that you have for your creation. And this is such a heartbreaking uh, situation that so many parents and grandparents are facing. Uh, and it's hard, it breaks fellowship, it breaks up families, this sinful choices. And regardless of the culture and regardless of the, you know, the way the activism is going, it's, it, it, this, is, this is where it hits right here at home. And so I pray for comfort and help in this family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. I okay, sister. It. Bye-bye. Um, Denver, line three is Natasha. Welcome to the program. Um, I'm Natasha. I just wanted to get a prayer request from you, Pastor Ed. Um, I have a friend who's, they just found out about a week ago that her, their granddaughter, who's six, um, they saw a lump on her side while she was, anyway, they saw a lump on her side and it is cancer. It's liver cancer. Mm. And um, she's starting chemotherapy. The doctors told her that, it, it, you know, they're hoping they can fix it because it, they caught it early and, um, and it's, you know, she's so young and uh, sure. that, that it can be curable, but I just, I'm, the family is, they're just really upset and I just really want to pray for them, please. I know Jesus will, will heal her and I, 
just want to, I need the prayer for comfort for them and for healing for her, please. Father, we agree with our sister for this particular uh, little six-year-old, Lord, and uh, thank you for finding this as hard as it is to receive it. I'm glad that it didn't have time to spread or grow, but that it was caught when it was caught. And now we pray for healing God through medical intervention, through supernatural intervention, whatever it is that you have uh, for this family, we stand in the gap. And it's just a hard thing to hear. Uh, It's such a difficult road to travel. And even as I'm praying, God, I'm reminded of Marilyn, who also went back into the hospital because of just the battle that she's been fighting valiantly against cancer, uh, standing strong and fighting the good fight and just her body being so weak. And uh, I, I just think of a lot of people fighting this battle against cancer, and it's hard. Especially around the holidays, it just magnifies. And I think, too, God, I just it, having visited so many times, I, I think of the doctors and the nurses and the attendants that work at cancer wards, or even as I was talking to a doctor this week that one of his choices uh, was to go into oncology because he desired to see healing brought to people uh, through the medical arts. And so I, I just pray for doctors and nurses and those that are working the cancer wards and working the cancer centers. Uh, it's a hard, especially children's hospital. It's hard and uh, life can be hard, Lord. The, the um, effects of sin are just horrific. And so God, I pray that you uh, would bring healing to this family and to this kiddo in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's just such a difficult road. And sometimes the the cancer is one thing, but the treatment for the cancer uh, is often more abusive to the body than the cancer itself. Uh, And so we just need to pray for those battling right now. All right, let's head back to um, Pennsylvania. Justin, welcome to the program. Hello, hi. Hi, Justin. So my question is, how do we know what religion or or sect or whatever it might be to follow? So I am uh, I go to a Brethren in Christ church, um, and my grandparents, they are... Duncan Brethren, um, and they're very plain people. Um, and then you have Amish, Mennonite, um, and they all believe in Jesus, but it's all just a little bit different than okay. each person. Right. Um, and then you have the complete opposite side of that. You have Catholics, uh, Mormons, uh, Jehovah Witness. They also all believe in Jesus. So... You know, where does it fall? That's a that's a great way that you uh, phrase that question because I, I believe that the key in all the groups that you mentioned uh, to, to really discern whether that's even a viable option is their belief in Jesus. Um, it's a very important tenet of understanding who to follow. It comes even before a church or an organization, and that is, who is Jesus? And so I want to point out to you at the beginning that there was a little bit of a misspoken, you, you misspoke a little bit because the Jehovah Witnesses do not believe in the Jesus of the Bible. They've made up a new one. The Mormons, 
They also do not believe in the Jesus of the Bible. They've made up a new one that's completely different from the Jehovah Witnesses. So those groups can be dismissed very rapidly because they don't believe in uh, Jesus Christ as described and verified, uh, not only in the scriptures, but through his life, his death, and his resurrection. So we can dismiss them. Anyone that believes in a Jesus other than the scriptures (coughs) is to be rejected, so much so that the Bible, the Holy Spirit, actually tells us that. Uh, When Paul is writing to the Galatians, you'll remember, he says, uh, if even if an angel comes and preaches another gospel or another Jesus, don't follow him, reject them, um, because they're not telling the truth. Um, they're not giving you the truth. Let me, I'm looking up that scripture right now. It's in Galatians chapter 1, in verse 8, it says, But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. So another layer of examination you can have in a church, as you mentioned the Roman Catholics, would be they do believe in the Jesus of the Bible, but their theology or their belief of salvation is works-based that actually replaces the need for the finished work of Jesus on the cross because they replace it with layers of religion. And on that basis alone, I can reject it, let alone their Mariology and their false worship of Mary and saints and their elevation of a man to the place of God in the position of Pope. I mean, I could go on and on of why the their religious system doesn't measure up to the scriptures. Um, but here's four categories that would be helpful in examining any church um, when you're looking for a healthy church. Is, is, a, is it a church that is worshipful? Um, does that church worship God? Um, because that's an important principle. Um, is there heartfelt worship of the one true God? Um, because if there's not, then that's not a church you want to be a part of. Uh, and as you are examining a church, secondly, you want to uh, find out if they're an evangelistic church. Are they a church that believes uh, what the Bible says, that they are now to go and make disciples? Uh, are, they, are, are they a worshiping church? Are they an evangelistic church? Thirdly, are they a learning church? Do they heed to the apostles' doctrine? Uh, and then finally, are they a loving church? Do they live out the agape love? And really, the place to look in the scriptures is Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. That's the best way to measure a church. Uh, And there are a lot of different real good churches that are different and distinct from one another, but there are who they believe in Jesus, who who do they believe Jesus is, what are the essentials, do they believe in the virgin birth, do they believe in the Trinity? Once Once you pass those tests then it becomes more of a stylistic approach many times in real in these variety of churches. But those four elements, according to Acts 2.42, are essential. You have to have them. Because if you go to church and you're not growing in grace, you're not growing um, in understanding Jesus better, um, that's not a church that you want to be a part of. All right. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's just my grandparents, they believe that we should not be of the world. Um, and so they dress plain like the Amish or Mennonite do. Sure. Um, and, um, you know, so they kind of look down on me when I wear G 
jeans because I'm wearing denim and that's of the world and I should be wearing dress pants and so forth. And um, anyway, that's that's why I started asking the question. Well, here, yeah. here, let me speak to that real quickly. The the application. So what you're dealing with with your did you say this was your parents? My my grandparents, your grandparents, the, the, the situation you're having with your grandparents is how they apply the Bible in your life. And you've come to a different conclusion. You can worship Jesus and wear jeans, denim, because you have come to the biblical conclusion that what you wear in relationship to compared to what they wear is really insignificant. And if you think about it, the, if the measurement, if we really want the measurement of simple and, and staying out of the world and living like Jesus, if that's what they really are looking for, then they would be walking around in robes and sandals like Jesus. Um, but it, they, you can see that they've changed their mind along that way, and they have their own, whether it was given to them or taught within a religious, religious system, they have their own definition of plain or otherworldly or not being touched or tainted by the world. And you don't have to agree with that definition, and neither do they have to agree with you. We just need to be careful that we don't divide over these things. And of course, this is a radio program, so we can't go into all the depths of the rooted religious system that your grandparents are part of. But the Bible is very clear uh, that you have the freedom to dress the way that you dress. And yeah, people aren't going to agree with you, or even some people you love aren't going to agree with you. And you just have to set it aside and choose not to argue about it. Okay. Well, hey, thank you so much for answering okay. the questions and you know, going forth. So thank you, you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, these Anabaptist uh, groups, especially in Pennsylvania, um, there is a there is a sincerity among many of them, but there's also a legalism. Uh, and when your convictions become the measurement of other people's righteousness, that's legalism. And lest we think it's only them, we too can become very legalistic through our convictions. Something recently that's flooded the church in this regard has been, uh, what songs can we sing? Uh, and some people's convictions of what songs we can sing, and, and this is, of course, passing the lyric test. Um, are the lyrics biblical and healthy from the Bible? So the, the assumption is, is that the song itself is not bad, but the source of the song is considered bad where it may come from a movement of theology we wouldn't believe in, or it may come from, you know, you're a Baptist and it comes from a, a Pentecostal stream and you're like, oh, you know, and here's, here's the thing. When our conviction becomes the measurement of righteousness of someone else, that's just legalism. And we don't need to, we don't need to live by someone else's convictions. We need to live by God's word and the con conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives recognizing that not everybody's going to agree. Uh, and uh, I want to find this quote. Hopefully I can, um, I can find it before um, we come off the air here, because I think I'm going to use it in, uh, in an upcoming Bible study in Acts 15. I'm going to use it. Here it is. I got it in my notes here. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty in all things charity or love. And that's how we have to approach these things. 
very, very carefully. We're coming up on the end of the program today. I want to thank you uh, for the privilege of being a very, very small part of the huge work that God's doing in your life. We had quite a few prayer requests come through this the text line. I want you to know we did receive them, and we are going to pray over them. I will, I will at the end of the program today, I've got some other recording to do, and then I'm going to copy these and send them off to our staff here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. Please support local Christian radio. The station you're listening to right now depends upon your financial support. It's a church that runs the station you're listening to right now. And I encourage you, if you're listening to Grace FM, support Grace FM. If you're listening to Radio by Grace, support Radio by Grace. If you're listening to Hope FM, support Hope FM or Truth FM or Living Water Radio or The Way Radio or Higher Rock. Support the station you're listening to right now financially, regularly, generously, and then match that support with prayer so that the Holy Spirit will strengthen you and encourage you and build you up in the faith. So God bless you guys. Uh, Be encouraged. The Lord is doing a great work. He is faithful. Um, He's going to show himself faithful every moment of the day. So look to him. God bless you guys. Have a great night in Jesus. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.